0: Jana, his fiance, then went downstairs for a coffee and a cigarette. And she went back to the hotel room. Jan was gone. No trace has been found of him since.
1: Jan Jansson, a father of four from Iceland, was visiting Dublin for a poker tournament when he walked out of his hotel and disappeared. The last image of the 41-year-old Jansen is captured on CCTV as he strolled along the busy road near his hotel, that was on a bright Saturday morning, February the 9th, 2019. His family have been tireless in their search for answers. You
0: no, know, I don't believe he's alive. And for my part, I know he didn't run away. Of course, somebody knows something. And if it's in 30 years or 10 years or now, I think it will be solved.
1: The disappearance of Janssen is a highly unusual missing persons case for many reasons, but perhaps Gardaí are nearing a breakthrough as they search a park near where he was
0: last seen. The Gardaí in recent days have been searching in Santry Park. This has involved you know, uniform Gardaí, Gardaí with cadaver dogs, the Garda water unit and so on.
1: This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today... Are guard the any closer to solving the mystery of Jan Janssen's disappearance. I speak to Irish Times security and crime editor, Conor Lally. Conor, five years ago, on February the 9th, a tourist, Jan Janssen, left his hotel, the Bonnington, on the Swords Road, and he hasn't been seen since. He's disappeared. Who is Jan Janssen and why was he in Dublin?
0: Jan Jansson is a taxi driver from Iceland. He was actually from Reykjavik. He was 41 years old when he vanished here in Ireland. He's a father of four. Um, he had travelled to Dublin for a poker tournament and also for a 10-day ho- uh, holiday back in February 2019. He was actually due to travel over with his fiance Jana. Uh She was held up. So he travelled on his own on the Friday, the eighth of February, two thousand and nineteen. He played poker then in the Bonington Hotel all throughout that day and well into the evening and early hours. Um, and then when his partner arrived at the hotel the following morning, they had a brief conversation in the hotel room. Yana, his fiance, then went downstairs for a coffee and a cigarette, and she went back to the hotel room. Jan was gone, and basically no trace has been found of him since.
1: He was reported missing very quickly um, and a Garda investigation began. What did that investigation look like? Yes,
0: yeah, so he was reported uh, very quickly. He had he had actually organised for to travel to Ireland with some other people from Iceland. Um, so there was a group of them here. Uh, poker, as I say, was going to be part of it and then they were also going to have a holiday. Um, so... Immediately, he was reported uh, to the guardie. Obviously, statements were then taken from people he was with, you know, his partner, hotel staff, um, other people he had been interacting with at the hotel the previous day. The guards also did things like, you know, uh, harvested CCTV from both the hotel and from uh, cameras close by. Uh, they did things like appealing to taxi drivers, appealing to anybody who may have seen him. Uh, leaving the hotel to come forward. Uh, But really none of those appeals have yielded anything um, that will shed any light on what happened to him.
1: And what did the CCTV show?
0: So the CCTV from the hotel obviously showed him leaving the hotel at around 11am on the Saturday morning. He then, you know, walked out of the grounds of the hotel. He turned right and he walked up Swords Road towards the uh, crossroads with uh, Collins Avenue. As he was walking up towards Collins Avenue, he past Highfield. It's a kind of a nursing home and there's a CCTV camera at the exit there. That picked him up walking past the exit and literally that's the last sighting that anybody has of him. You know, no other CCTV images have picked him up. No taxi drivers have come forward to say that they, you know, collected him from the street and brought him somewhere. Those CCTV images from the hotel and from Highfield nursing home are the last trace of Jan Janssen.
1: Connor almost immediately he went missing. There was a search by a huge number of volunteers. There were several Icelandic people involved. There was a massive poster campaign. Anyone who was around that area of Dublin's north side in I I don't know the year, a year and a half after, w- will have seen the posters, but 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 nothing.
0: That's right. I mean, there was a very very uh, significant campaign. You couldn't escape. His image, I mean, it was absolutely everywhere. He was a Liverpool soccer club fan as well. And there's a kind of a shrine that has been maintained to him at the junction of Swords Road and Collins Avenue. Really, for the last five years, people will bring, you know, Liverpool scarves there, jerseys and hats, and they're changed over quite often. So, you know, this case was really one that received a lot of publicity at the time. Uh, Jan Janssen's family really got organised they got the word out there they were obviously terribly upset he is a father of four He hadn't ever done anything like this before. There was no evidence of any, you know, history of self-harm or going off on his own or anything like that. So this was completely out of character, completely out of the blue. Um, The family mobilized very well here in Ireland. They got, you know, the Guardian involved, the media involved. They were willing to go in front of camera, talk to journalists and so on. So really through their work and their willingness, I guess, to engage with the media, this is a case that has been very much in the news um, and particularly every anniversary you know family members will come here or the guards will launch an appeal Um, so it's not one of these cases that has faded away it has endured and indeed the family were back in um, Ireland last week uh, on the fifth anniversary of Jan being last seen alive and again, they were you know, launching a public appeal with the Gardaí, just asking for people to come forward and so on. So they're a very engaged family. They're a very capable family. Um, it's big news in Ireland, and it's also really big news back home in Iceland. I mean, the population there is only around 400,000 people. So for a very unusual case like this, somebody comes to Ireland and literally vanishes. It is highly unusual. It's front page news over there, still five years on. Um, everybody knows about it. So, as I say, a big case here and a big case back home.
1: That road, Connor, it leads out to the airport. Uh, I mean, it's probably one of the busiest roads in the country in terms of buses and taxis. So, why wasn't there more sightings of his movements? It's a very straight road. It's a main road. It was daytime. Why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a very strange one. Um, it was a Saturday morning, as you say. Um, again, that's the main airport road in and out of the city centre. A lot of taxi drivers who would have dropped people off at the airport would maybe be, you know, looking for fares on their way back in. And really, 24 hours a day, there'd be quite heavy traffic there. And certainly when the guards launched an appeal, which was quite extensive, really, at the time, you would have expected somebody to come forward and say that they saw him, but nobody did. Um a few people have come forward and, you know, they have they said that they saw people who kind of resembled him and so on. None of those sightings have been confirmed. And as I say, really taxi drivers were the big appeal at the time, mainly because they could have picked him up off the street outside the hotel, but also because a lot of them would have dash cam cameras in their cars. And this is very, you know, useful evidence for the guards. It would at least allow the guards to know... Did he ever reach the crossroads with Collins Avenue? Then where did he go? Did he keep going straight? Did he turn left? Uh, did he turn right? But no such evidence came forward. And literally, um, as I say, the CCTV from that Highfield entrance are the last images that we have of him.
1: And I think a lot of people would have seen those images because it was the subject of a crime call appeal. I have no idea what happened to my brother. It doesn't make any sense. But if somebody saw something, you know, he was walking past a lot of people. And in that, in the CCTV footage, he looks very relaxed. He's walking along very calmly. What did his fiancé or his friends say about his demeanour as he left the hotel? Did he have, you know, did he have his wallet with him? Did his phone? What did they say?
0: He left the hotel, you know, obviously wearing the clothes he was in, he had a jacket on, he had payment cards as well, but his bank accounts haven't been used uh, since. Um, He left things like his passport and his bags and so on in the hotel room. As I say, he had been playing poker all through the previous day and into the early hours of the morning and he'd lost several thousand euros during those poker games. So obviously that day did not appear to go well for him.
1: But he was a poker player. That wouldn't have been too unusual. People win, they
0: lose. That's right. People do win and lose. But we understand that he had access to about 4,000 to 5,000 euros and he lost a substantial quantity of that. Um, And then his partner arrived in. They had been due to, as I say, travel with each other the previous day, but she got held up. So he had had a bad day the previous day. Now, whether this has any bearing at all on what happened to him, we simply don't know. I suppose one unusual feature is that his partner had just arrived and yet he then left the hotel without you know telling her he was mm. going or anything like that. So again, I, I think that's an unusual factor as well. He had no family in Ireland, he had no friends here, he'd never been to Ireland before. So this was a completely new and strange place to him. Again, I think many people would think walking out of a hotel in a strange place you know, where you have no contacts is odd. Certainly, the investigation carried out by the guards in the first years after um, he vanished um, didn't throw up anything.
1: Well, in the absence of a body or further sightings, several theories have emerged about what may have happened to Janssen. Now, I should say, of course, that the Gardaí, they haven't put forward any theories, but others have. What are the main ones that are floating around?
0: Well, I suppose, you know, for... Several years now, I mean, one theory has been that he was obviously low on cash and that he left the hotel somehow to access, you know, more cash. Um, It was just to try and meet somebody to get a loan off them or something like that, and that that kind of interaction may have, you know, drawn him into harm. Um, But that is just a theory. Now, some of these theories have been put forward in correspondence has been received by the Garda investigation team in Ballymun Garda station one of them um one piece of correspondence was received quite some time ago and then another was more recent and was received through a priest in the general area of uh, you know Whitehall uh, that general area and on the basis of the information in that correspondence which i understand was fairly vague but on the basis of the information there, um, the Guardi in recent days have been searching in Santry Park. That's this, nearby. This is relatively nearby. I mean, obviously Jan Janssen was on foot. If you were going to walk from the Bonington Hotel to Santry Park, I mean, it would take you probably a half an hour, maybe a bit more. Um, so, you know, it's in the general area, but it's a bit of a walk. Guardi have uh, been carrying out searches there for the last few days. Um this has involved, you know, uniform Guardi, Guardi with cadaver dogs, the Guard of Water Unit and so on. It's it's a it's a fairly large park, uh, right beside Santory Stadium um and close to Omni shopping centre. And there'd be a river there and several lakes there um, and there'd be a fairly dense uh, wooded area as well. So the terrain there to search would be quite hard to search. But as I say, that search has, you know, was going on in the last few days. It's definitely for human remains um, and possibly, you know, some other things like clothing, anything like that. But certainly that search has been underway on the basis of what the correspondence that the Guardi have uh, received. Or the Guards have urged the people who sent in those notes to contact the investigation team. We understand that hasn't happened as of yet. So really it's just a question now, the guard investigation team taking up the notes and just really acting on every bit of information uh, that they have available.
1: Coming up, I continue my conversation with Conor Lally after this short break. You reported on very many missing persons cases. I'm sure it's quite usual for Garthy to receive anonymous notes and tip-offs that are frankly crackpots, you know, uh, How how do they sort that out? What made them think that actually this is is worth pursuing? We'll go to Santry.
0: Well, I suppose the answer is it's very hard for them to sort that out. Uh, When you don't know the person who's contacted you, you know, it's very hard to, it's very hard to know. Are these people in the know? Do they have insider information? Are they just people who've become obsessed with the case, you know, through the media maybe? Um, And all those options are obviously open but I think if you look back at some of the historic uh, cases in Ireland particularly some of the women who disappeared you know 20, 30 years ago When fresh inquiries were carried out, when cold case reviews were carried out, it was established that there was information there that wasn't properly acted upon at the time. So suppose, you know, the Gardaí are trying to close off those avenues now. They don't want a lead that comes forward now, even if they can't really check whether it's accurate, who sent it in and so on. They will check out these things just to be sure that it's not going to come back and, you know, haunt us in five years time, 10 years time. So they will act on it but certainly they're carrying out searches you know they have been uh, carrying out searches in the last few days based on information from a source that they don't know based on information and they really don't know if it's credible or if it's random or who it's from
1: now as you say his siblings have been to the fore in keeping this case alive and anna and david that's his brother and sister they they've been in dublin to mark the fifth anniversary to get attention for the case again is there any link then because it does seem oddly coincidental, is it? That this is the week then that the Guardians start searching a site?
0: No, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think this would be planned, and it would be planned to keep the case really in the news. Obviously, they held the press conference last Friday, that was the fifth anniversary. And then the family stayed on and then the searching began then two days later, basically. So this would have all, you know, it was all a planned, um, you know, program of events, if you like, over the course of a week. Um, the guardy, as I say, have had this information in the notes for quite some time and the searches were prompted by that information. These searches would be planned for quite some time. They wouldn't, like, receive a note and then run off that day. They talk about it. They try and examine it. They'd appeal to the person who wrote it to come forward and so on. And then after a period of time, they'd go and do a very planned search, with you know, various components like, you know, as I say, guarded dog handlers, the underwater unit and so on. The searches are going on, but as you said earlier, I mean, a lot of these cases would involve searches and I have been to many, many searches all over the country and they might go on for a week and people's hopes are you know, increased only for absolutely no evidence whatsoever to be found. Um, now, we don't know that that's going to be the case here. Uh, the person who sent the letters to the guards may know all about this case and they may know exactly what happened to Jan Janssen or they may just be a person who is obsessed with the case through the media. And for whatever reason, uh, contacted Gardaí.
1: Well, his siblings this week, they say that they really feel he's dead. Uh, they, they don't have much hope that he's alive, I suppose, because of his character. They know him, uh, This four children, they know his life, his lifestyle. But it's a very unusual case, isn't it, Connor?
0: It is a highly unusual case. I mean, certainly Gardee believe that he's not alive. And gardy believed that he very likely died on the day he was last uh, picked up on those uh, CCTV images. Now, the question is, did he take himself away and die at his own hand or did he meet with foul play? Was he murdered? Um, and that is just the unanswered question really here. But certainly... Guardy that I've spoke to have literally no hope at all that he is alive. They just believe he is dead, sadly. When a person's bank cards and so on aren't, you know, used even in the hours after he's last seen alive, that's not a good sign. And again, even if he had some contacts here or he'd been here before, but he was in a completely new country, hadn't been here before, didn't use any of his money, you know, after he vanished. So these are not good signs. Uh, the fact that he lost thousands of euro the previous day is not a good sign either. Um, I get that people who regularly play poker tournaments are used to winning and losing, but he he had arrived here with about four or five thousand euros, and it was nearly all gone within twenty four hours. So that's not good. That doesn't mean that that was a factor in what has happened to him. But the guardy I know are concerned about that, and as I say, they have very very little hope, if any, that Jan Janssen is alive still.
1: Conor Lally, thanks very much. That's it for today. For more of Conor Lally's coverage of this story, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back on Monday.